And our guest today is a writer, producer, and actor. He's gone from playing guitar in Sworn Enemy to being an actor and posting pictures of him being with The Rock. And uh, it's been really cool to see that transformation happen. And uh, he's earned it through the years of grinding. So hope you enjoy this conversation. Uh, let's get into it. Please welcome my big brother, Lorenzo Antonucci. Sounds great. You know, I got the SM7s going. I'm, I'm of course, classic. Yeah. Remember seeing the, these mics? Uh, Mitch used this on the second record. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how like the podcast world just kind of took it around with it. Well, I think um, Howard Stern really made it famous, too, because he would always use it back in the day. Oh. Those are the mics they used, always. I never knew these that. These are mics for, for the actual um, podcast world. I mean, for oh. any kind of... Um, I guess radio talk show. I radio think they, talk they show. yeah, they always used the SM7s. I remember one because I had to get them for the studio when I had one in Austria, and um, you know everybody would like you know obviously people were starting to use them for metal was perfect for screaming, but you know then I went yeah. researching it and I was like oh this is what Howard Stern used in in his show and crazy yeah because they sound really clear and big. Clear, clear and big. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you had a studio out in Austria, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You started a studio from... From, from 2000... From yeah, from 2010 to the moon, when I moved back here. When I moved back here, when I moved here, I wasn't even living here yet. Wow. When I moved to L.A., you know, because I was in uh, Austria back and forth from New York and L.A., I mean, yeah. New York and Austria. Big change from uh, when the first day I met you, actually in front of this this house right right, right outside. I yeah. saw uh, that was our first time in a bus. And I don't know whose idea it was to agree to share a bus with uh, East Coast Band from, yeah. from, from, from Queens. And the, this big red bus parks and these maniacs walk out. And, that, and that's when I met you, met Sal and Polly. Yeah. Man. What a! I remember you guys were sitting outside, and your your mom and your grandma. Yeah, mom. Yeah. Yeah, your mom, and your whole family, and you had all the gear on the front, and we pulled up like you guys couldn't wait to get in. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. And you guys were just starting to you at the cusp of blowing up, you know. And it was awesome. We shared the bus. I mean, what the hell? It was like fifty days. It was a long. It was a long <laughs> it was a run. Long tour. What What were we thinking? We weren't. I know. Uh, I know. A couple of us went on that tour sober, and then we came back never the same. <laughs> I'm sober seven years now, ironically. Yes. But I remember his first time drinking. He it was his 21st birthday, <laughs> and we got him bombed somewhere in West Bubblefuck. I don't remember what country, what state it was. Where if Dude. it was Canada, I know we oh, had no. a crazy bus driver. Tomcat. Tomcat, yeah. I actually remember his name, dude. Tomcat, oh my god, I haven't thought about that name in so long. Didn't, uh, didn't him and uh, didn't Tom and Polly almost freaking fight, and then like he was he was gonna lead the fucking tour or something? Mm, I don't know. Tomcat was, I mean, he was a strange guy. He, he maybe it was Polly. I don't remember. 
I don't know. I know that, that he he apparently he he was a nice guy. He actually yeah. introduced me to my first time ever eating mushrooms uh, at not not the drug mushrooms, oh, but I was like, like oh what the- like mushrooms at um, um, the rainbow stuffed mushrooms. Really. I was I, I was like I'm not eating mushrooms that's gross. Uh, I used to hate mushrooms and, and and olives. I would never eat it because you know you you, you know the Puerto Ricans we would make the the rocongandule and and they put the 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 my grandmother and my mom they used to put the olives inside and you eat it by accident you'd be like oh like that's what gave it the flavor and that's what I never liked olives the green olives yeah so I never liked olives and I never liked mushrooms. Until my taste, my palate, or whatever, my taste buds changed, and I started eating olives in Europe. Because yeah. I don't know what, what we were. I was eating. I was like, I don't know if I was trying to lose weight. I don't know what it was. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna eat olives only. Or I'm gonna eat pickles and olives and drink beer. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but <laughs> it's healthy. It's healthier. <laughs> and I ate that somewhere. In Austria, I remember something. I remember I was like 29 or 30. I was like, I, I actually like olives now. But he's the one that was like, oh, my God, we're going to the rainbow. And I was like, oh, we okay, whatever. And he was like, they got the best stuffed mushrooms ever. Still to this day, I eat the stuffed mushrooms at the Rainbow Room. They're fantastic. Really? They're the best things ever. They come out scorching hot, but they're like the best, the best uh, mushroom stuff with some cheese and some p- bacon oh, bits and oh, oh man fuck. it's so it's making me hungry. I haven't eaten all day either. Stuff stuff mushrooms. Stuff mushrooms. Wow, I never even seen that on the menu there. It's the best thing they got that in their pizza, obviously. And they got that chicken. Oh, you got great pizza there. They got the good pizza from Chicago. They Chicago. I mean, it's not the Chicago style, but I mean, they Chicago guys that make good pizza. You know, uh, it's. Is that true that I don't know if it's the Rainbow Room or if it's the place down the street? Uh, how they there's there's a rumor that they ship the water. I mean, probably just just, just a rumor. <laughs> I've been hearing they ship the water from New York forever, and how do you feel about that? I feel like it's a crock of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's bullshit. But then I yeah. could be wrong. Somebody could be like, "Well, here's a YouTube link of them <laughs> fucking shit." But then, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But I mean, I I feel like. Yeah. How bad could the water be and how much flavor does that even sound right? Yeah. The amount of flavor in the water that isn't taken out by some filter in New York that is that any filtered water is like the amount of water that isn't filtered here then it's it's like it doesn't make sense like it it's the water in it New doesn't. York that gives it the taste. I don't know. I yeah. could be completely wrong. My friend uh, Louis Lombardi, he, he he's a big pizza nut. He'll be he'll probably jump all over. What are you talking about? They fucking do that. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about the fucking pizza and the thing. What do you mean? So yeah. I don't know how true that is. You know, it could be it could be it could be true or it could be, you know, I it could be just some fucking myth, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of one of those things that especially from like uh, from us West Coasters, it's just kind of one of those things you hear about when you're young, and you just don't question it. Oh, you know, fish, fish is bad for you, and then it stays with you forever. You know, it's yeah. like it's like one of those things. Oh, they ship the ship the water from East Coast to here, and that's why the pizza is fucking good. Yeah, I, I just no don't. idea. And at the end no of the idea. day, I, I, there's a place on Sunset called Joe's. 
that and then there's Mulberry Street, you know, Richie Mulberry. Richie's a good guy, man. He owns Mulberry and, and he's a he's a Bronx dude and yeah. he makes good New York pizza. You know what I mean? He makes really good New York pizza and so does Joe's. I'm gonna ask yeah. him, is this fucking thing with the water? I mean, they're gonna be like, get the fuck out of here. You think I'm shipping water from fucking New York? They're gonna laugh. Yeah, I'm shipping water during COVID. That's what we're doing. I'm shipping COVID water from fucking New York to LA. Get the fuck out of here. They'll laugh at me. So I wouldn't even ask that because yeah, I so just think tough. it's a fucking crock of shit. Yeah. I gotta be honest. But I don't know. I could be wrong. You know what I mean? I, yeah. The water in New York doesn't taste any different than the water in LA. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like it both suck. Yeah. <laughs> And no one, no one would know better than you because you've lived. I mean, you you're from there, and then you, now you live here for a standing period of time. So yeah. you you would know. Yeah, I, I I definitely have an idea. I just can't see water changing the fact that there's a great pizzeria in Jersey that's I don't know 75 miles away from the great pizzeria in New York, but they taste pretty much identical as great pizza. Yeah. And the water is exactly the same in Jersey and in fucking New York. I just, it's just, a, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. You might need to take a hit and then maybe ask, ask your homie on like a good day. Yeah. Just to, just to confirm this, this rumor. It's definitely a, a, a load of rumors and it's a cool thing to talk about. Hey, they ship barrels in fucking water. New York water coming in. It makes no, it's one of those things, it makes no sense, but we, it, it doesn't. Fuck it, whatever. I don't know. I mean, we should Google it. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's the problem with Google is that all you got to do is Google it now. You don't time. You don't have time to think. That's true. And make yourself use your brain and say, huh, well, does it make sense to fucking... It doesn't make sense. I don't see how it would make sense. Because I've had pizza in Italy and it's not, and, and, and it's not New York pizza. It's completely yeah. a different kind of pizza, and it's completely different. Yeah. And it's a good taste for what it is. And I think the pizza here, I love how we're in a whole pizza topic I love right it. Now. Going in I'm on pizza. I'm fucking starving now. Yeah. But um, we, like, the whole, the, whole, the whole thing with pizza is, I mean, the whole thing is, like, uh, you know, I don't even know where I'm going with it. But I, at the end of the day, like, uh, I think it's the oven if it's a brick oven, I think it's the way it's like how crispy it comes out, how the dough and the cheese and the tomato sauce, that's what, you know, that's the, that's what the, how cheesy it is. And it's fucking when you could snap the fucking slice. Oh, the best. Boom. And you got that, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how you eat a slice of fucking pizza. That to me is the way it's supposed to be eaten. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then you guys in California want to throw fucking pineapple and shit on it. Get the fuck out of here. It's a fucking thing. is nuts. I'm crossing my legs this way now. Fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. I'm do, crossing it this way. Uh, do, uh, do you uh, do you put ranch on your pizza? Is that like a big no-no? Hell no. That's a big no-no, right? Pepperoni slice is the only thing I do. That's it. No. That's the only ones I like. No, I mean, no sauces, but that's... Nah. If we get drunk and moronic, that's what we would do. Eat the worst stuff in the world. Eat the worst. Drink the worst. So drinking makes you make the worst choices in the world. It does. It makes you make the worst. I'm sorry I introduced you to alcohol. And it's coming from this man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's very, man, I was sober. I didn't drink a sip of alcohol until I was 21. And I turned 21 on that tour. Yeah. 
And I remember the day. I remember every single minute of the, wow. the, the breaking your straight edge. If you were straight edge, I don't even know if you were straight edge, but wow, um, breaking the, the the moment of your drink, man. I'm uh, breaking you into a drinker. You guys taught us, uh, even drinking inside. You guys taught us how to tour. We we were never the same after that tour. Like we just, you guys. Uh, I mean, you guys had that natural New York hustle. And it's very different from the California hustle. You guys showed us like an, another side of of a, of a doing something, and maybe like subconsciously you just stayed with us. Yeah, I mean it was a it was like the first kind of like we've shared buses before. You know, I think we, once before that was with Biohazard, and a lot of other wow. times was we would have just DRVs. But you know, we never had we we were never at a at a at a point to afford a bus on our own, you know. So it was always like, yeah. you know, good to share. And you guys, we were all excited because it was like you know, the young new band that's coming up that's fucking got a lot of hype. Yeah. And it was fun to be with you guys because we already clicked before that. I remember being being nervous. So man, these guys, oh, these guys have they've. They're, they're vets. They're like a real band. And we're just like some like, you always have like this in, insecurity when you're like the, like the younger band. You know, all yeah. oh, these guys, oh, man, and they're from East Coast. And I was scared. I was 21, I was scared. <laughs> but, but I mean, we, we were always loving guys, you know what I mean? We you were. were always loving guys that we didn't, you know, we, we just were, we were just always the underdog and never, you know, and we were just happy that there was the new band that really was excited to be around with us, you know? That, that's always, you know, a good thing to have is people really caring about your journey and or a fan of your band or a fan of what you've done, you know? Like, that's yeah. always a good a good feeling to know and to, you know, yeah. able to do what we did, you know, which was, you know, we had, we had some crazy... That was a crazy tour, man. It was nuts. I was just thinking about... Uh, at the uh, time we were st- I, I don't know if it was after a show or an off date but we were stopped at a gas station and Paulie decided to s- steal some DVDs and then he comes on the bus I don't know what is I look back at the story I'm like why did we stay there I think because we were getting gas or it was a, um, a moment where Tomcat had to have his break what was, the, what was the point of it but Paulie comes back with like 10 DVDs in his pocket and then next thing you know, there's cops on the bus. Uh-oh. Paulie was just a kleptomaniac, and uh, I miss him. I love him, man. That's the two our two 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 of our brothers, Paulie and Mitch, are in heaven right now. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they had some good times together, man. Yeah, they're both young men when they passed. So young, dude. How old? I don't. Uh, I'm not sure how old Paulie was. He was 35. He was 35. Wow, just that's, turned 35. That's my age. Yeah, yeah, you guys were the same age. I can't, I can't imagine that. Oh no, you're not the same. Were you the same age? No. No, I mean, no. I, was, I was 21. He was 35. Correct. No, no. I'm, I mean, uh, uh, sorry. He was probably 23 or 24. Yeah. On that tour, because he was born 80, 83. 83. He was born. He was That's done. Funny. He was five years younger than me, so he was born 82. So that means in two thousand, what were you? You were born. Uh, 85. So yeah, he's three years older than you. Or two years wow. older than you. Yeah, so I was twenty three when yeah. when I met him was twenty one. So that's just I can't imagine that. We need to make some Paulie shirts. 
I'd be sick. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, did, uh, did the tribute to him from in Paradise City. You know, my character is Paulie Antoniani. Yeah. So that's a, a tribute to him, you know. Yeah, when, when you guys, it was probably you and Ash going back and forth with, with your character, I assume that was probably like a no-brainer. I, I, I want, I want I, like his name is Paulie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was definitely what I wanted to do with the character. It was, um, you know, Paulie was a. Uh, I mean, Paulie was, I guess, what I did with the for me as an actor is I I, I just captured Paulie and myself, you know, because Paulie didn't play guitar; he played drums, but I played guitar. You know, I captured a lot of his 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 ways of thinking and maybe his his. His love for weed, as much as I could smoke it on the sh- on the show, you know, with, given yeah. the time that we had to smoke weed, acting like I was smoking weed because we were, we were smoking the f- fake weed or whatever it was. Yeah. But you know, there was um. You know, and to have Randy there, Lamb of God, you know, playing Dom, you know, he loved Paulie too, you know, so it was a good moment, you know. And I remember me, Paulie, and Ash smoking a joint in the back of our RV a long time ago. So that was a fun little. You know, because Ash didn't really know Paulie, but he remember that yeah. moment because we did smoke a joint in the back of the RV, driving Ash to his brother's house in Virginia after a show. I don't remember what show. I think you guys were on the show. It was a Fredericksburg show. Fredericksburg. Like you, yeah, it was like one of those, and you guys were just starting to come up. Wow. And um, we played that. It was Six Feet Under. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that. We yeah, it was a six feet on the tour because Job for Cowboy played and you oh. guys played a different stage. It was like when we just first started hearing about Suicide Silence. So yeah, it was good that and 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 Ash supported you know obviously the the love for Paulie. So I wanted to car- you know capture that and I, you know the whole over it all stuff is very similar to this one enemy world on the show. And um, you know that's a lot of, of 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 my influence in the writing. So, you know that's as real as it gets when it comes to touring. You know, for anybody who watched the show, and if you haven't watched the show, go watch it. Go watch it on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I think that that's a good idea to have it on on there. Yeah, it, it was cool. I'm on episode uh, two. And I was only planning to watch one because I, I like it. I like doing something fresh. And then last night I was like, I'll, I'll watch one. I know. If this might be just a personal opinion, but you might have struck gold. Like the whole forty-minute length, I loved it. Yeah, I was planning to be like, okay, I'll, I'll watch one, then I'll, I'll pass out. And then once the forty-minute mark stopped, and it stopped in a good point, I'm like, I got, I gotta watch a second. like one, one more. And then, yeah. luckily, I saw the second one because that was the first one where where uh, Polly was introduced, and then, yeah. and, and then, and then, and then, the band. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, oh, I was like, damn, they're that's like. Like they're recreating like 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 the sworn enemy vibe. Yeah, so gnarly. <laughs> yeah. That was cool, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know exactly what the vibe is. It man. was awesome. You lived it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad I, for for music people who really do this for a living. For someone like you can say, well, this is awesome and it's authentic and it's coming out. You know, like yeah. like you know, and it, and and it, and it keeps you wanting to watch. Is a good sign of, I think we did our job. You know, leaving the cliffhangers and making the show. Um, you know, leaving the cliffhangers and making people who know the business still engaged, you know, because, yeah. you know, 
TV shows are hard to, 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 to make, and I guess pilots are really hard to make, and you, you said yeah. it right there. Like, it left me wanting more, and it was like 40 minutes. It was like a perfect sweet spot of yeah. like that ending, and that, holy shit, I kind of want more. Yeah. Meanwhile, some pilots are like really hard to get through because yeah. you're just they're just establishing the world. Yeah. And you're like, who are these characters? And I don't kind of, but you already kind of had a familiarity of it. You know what I mean? You were already, yeah. you already kind of know the world because you're a musician and you toured for a living successfully. So you know yeah. the ups and downs you've seen with all the band members in the Relentless. And obviously, you know a lot of, a lot of those guys. You know what yeah. I mean? You've been on yeah. tour with all of them. So <laughs> it was a familiar, you know, yeah. you had, you, you, you gravitated towards it easier, but at the same time, you're a musician and you can start, you know, kind of like dissect it. Oh, is that really the way it really is? Yeah. But you, 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 we, we all are musicians. So we actually yeah. were able to make it as authentic as possible. Yeah. You know, and it only gets better. I know. I, I can't, I can't wait to watch more, man. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't expecting, and you, and you said the, uh, perfect world, uh, world, uh, cliffhanger. Yeah. But the first one had a perfect cliffhanger. I was like, oh, I have to, yeah. I, I have to enough, and what I really liked the way how it was ending, and you're getting kind of like you're, you're now now you're emotionally invested in it, mm -hmm. and uh, a good show, movie, or anything where music is something that kind of makes you think about your life. It doesn't even have to do have anything to do with music. And there's a moment, um, you know, his uh, his his character is Johnny, you know, Andy, mm -hmm. and uh, he was talking about his like re regrets. And then, like it shows, like him, like seeing, like like the chicken. Then for some reason, that scene made me think about a moment in my life. I'm like, that's what something good does. It, ma it makes you think. Like, it makes you reflect on other things that happened to your life. Yes. And yeah. and, and 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 brings you closer, or br or sucks you into the world more because you yes. can relate to it now. Yes. You know, and that, that 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 I think that that's that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people, you know, and 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 it does show like the two different worlds of being in music, being in the music business, you know, because yeah, it's as authentic as as can be, you know. Maybe it could be more authentic. I don't know, you know. But for for what we were trying to capture with a little bit of that supernatural twist in there, is you know, there is, I mean, we haven't even gotten into it. If we go into season two. Brother, there's so many things, you know, you know how much, there's so much meat to fucking, to, to get, you know, yeah. to, to eat off of, bro. Like, the, yeah. the shit that we've all been through on the road. Yeah. Come on, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just the beginning. Yeah. It's infinite. <laughs> right? You got you guys, it, it's like, all right, like, part of you now, she like, to talk about it, you know, how, how deep can we, can we go? Where, where do we want to, want to take this? It's really endless. Yeah. You know? That's the great part of you know, being able to pull from so many places of realism. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, especially things you've lived. You're pulling from all these things that you lived and it just opens up all these doors. So it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, I think that we did a really, really good job for independently making a television show on a scale of a high-end production. Yeah. You know? And it's high-end. We, 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 we were able to do this and it was a grueling process, although we had the best time of our lives making it. It was fun, but like you know, to get it finally out and into the world was very, very tough. You know, yeah. it was very, very hard. There was, you know, there's, there's, there's more than two hundred people involved in this show to thank. You know, without those two hundred people, we wouldn't have been able 200? to do two hundred. 
at least, you know, between the cast, the crew, dude, you know, the 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 post production teams, you know, like there, there's more oh. than two hundred people, honestly, because there was different, you know, on a daily, we had about eighty people working every day on the show, so Whoa. if you have eighty people working every day, as far as the 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 you know the art department, your your gaffers, your your grips. Your 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 production design team, and they all have teams. Your wardrobe has a team, you know. Your your camera team, you know. Your, your camera, you know. B cam, A cam, you know. Uh, the the director, the assistants, the the AD, the first AD, the second AD. Like it's yeah. it's it's just endless of just departments. And then there's transpo, the people that just transpo all the the trucks and the the. It's because it's a union show, right? So. Wow. There's 80 people doing that easily daily. And then you got your cast. And we have a big cast. So, And then you got background. This is not even with background. And background is a- extras. But the nice word is background because extra yeah. sounds, you know, a little, hey, I ain't no extra. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'll, I'll be background. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But background's the more yeah. cooler feel, you know, than just being called, oh, he's an extra. He does background is better. It's, it, that's a nicer way to say. It is. He does background, not he's an extra. Because it kind of is like a punch in the face, if you if you think about it. Mm-hmm. So that's not even counting that. This is counting, you know, without background. I mean, some days on those like like uh, like the some of the show stuff that we had to you know do, and we did it very creatively. We would have like 150 background come. What? So that would be a day of 300 people that you got to feed that day. You got to feed all those people. It's mayhem. So all the people that got to co- coordinate that and 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 help facilitate the 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 the, the areas to keep now that COVID's a thing. That's even more when you have Dude. that many people. So thank you to the say 300 people that were a part of you know coming to you know shoot Paradise City. They're the most important. You know, like I think that they. Like everyone on on the you know, especially in any show or any movie, like the the least credited people are the ones that you never hear about, you know. And I want those people to recognize and understand that I thank you, and I know we personally thank you. I I appreciate you guys because I've did it all. I've done it all. I've PA'd, I've PA'd for commercials with Zach Merck. You know, I've worked under my one of my really good friends. He's like a brother to me. And he's one of the biggest commercial directors, and I and I PA, and I, and and you know what? There ain't nothing wrong with PA. PA is great. I PA, yeah. and I was in my late thirties already. You know what I mean? And PA yeah. is pretty much being a personal assistant, yeah, and making good money because it's a union project. So you're not making, you know, you're making like two hundred and fifty dollars a day. Yeah, that's a good that's a good job from where I come from. That's a great job. You that's know, a, I, I would do construction. One hundred fifty a, a, a day is great. You know, from yeah. the, the the world I come from, you know, I, I come from, you know, what I come from is my mother making two fifty a week and my father making five hundred a week. You know, what I mean, that's the that's the world I lo- I lived in my whole life. So yeah, that's not. This was like whoa, you know, like if you're making two fifty a day doing PA, you know, it's like sixteen hours a day, seventeen fifteen hours a day. It wasn't the best. It didn't feel great, but I've done it. And what I'm saying is that without those people, without the 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 people that really do some of the work that is the most non the most thankless, you know what I mean? Give it up to them. Yeah. To the ones that 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 because this is a thankless business anyway. But yeah, I that's my 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 two cents is 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 is, is I want to thank the people that you know 
were there who 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 were just as tired, just as uh, you know hungry, just as you know cold, just as hot if it was hot out, just as uh, just as uh, cranky, just as I want to go home, and you know they don't reap the ve- benefits that the cast does and the producers do and the director does and the creator does and you know the executive producers and the writers and the uh, like shout out to the people that don't get the, the, the don't get the recognition for all the hard work because they were there probably more hours than anybody else yeah that's all i gotta say i'm just yeah. i'm just being humble lorenzo right now i, I love it into that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes uh-huh yeah it's just it's just Absolutely. so many people and so many small details that need to be done especially when you're doing it independently and yourself it's just all these little things have to be done by somebody yes and it's a lot of work a lot of money um and at the end of the day it takes an army an army of navy seals man you know what i mean to get something that like what we did you know May seem like, oh, it's cool. You know, somebody will be like, oh, I watched the show. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool, man. All right, moving on. And they don't have no clue how hard it was to do that. You know what I mean? Like, people just be like, oh, that show sucks. And I'm not saying people say anything about Paradise City. I'm just saying, in general, when you hear somebody that just has to shit all over a show or shit all over a film or shit all over a band or a project or anything creatively, and they don't know how hard the process is they don't know how hard it is to make that vision come to life and they don't appreciate it and it's just exclude all the haters haters go fuck yourself (laughs) i don't want to hear any haters i don't want that around me negative energy toxicity get out of here there's too many haters out there just stop it just stop hating love man just create and have fun and love people because what else is there hating does nothing but make you hate yourself you really hate yourself if you can't stand looking at other people successful because you're so mad at hating yourself and you can't get nowhere because you're just so mad at you block yourself all day, that's why. There's one thing I noticed that just it's so bad on, on all levels is a sense of entitlement. When you mm-hmm. feel like you're entitled to something, it's horrible. Yeah. You know? I remember like little, you know, if I look back at my career, little moments, little weak moments I had, I, like I felt entitled. Oh, I, if you if you start saying I've been around for this long, I should have this or anything like that, it's a lose lose. It's like man, so many years I've been around it, but who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter, you know. We're 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 doing what we're doing, and and, and we're all equal. Just just because you've been in a band for twenty years, to me, is I learned that it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't. It, it means you're. We're all we're all equal. All the time. Yeah. You know? I got a great way to, to, to make everybody understand how equal we are besides anything else. And I'm going to say it in front of the ladies here, and it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little it, but it makes the most sense. We all wipe our ass equally in the same way. I don't care if you're worth a billion, a trillion, a hundred million, a hundred and fifty million, or a hundred and fifty dollars. We all wipe our ass and we're disgusted until it's clean. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Yeah. I don't care who you are, what prince you are. I don't care if you got $10 trillion in the bank. Everyone's got to do it the same way until it's clean. Yeah. That's it, man. That's just my, that's just my analogy on that one. Yeah. We're all, we're all human, man. That's right. God. Well, it's good that, that you, you're aware of it and you know and, and, and you live that. Yeah. 
that that way. You'll be. I mean, I mean, you've uh, you probably have so much experience uh, in even just like the music industry. How like you like either like you're coming up, or no matter where you're at, you're in career. You're you're around younger bands or older, and that that sense of entitlement. You're like, what the fuck? What the fuck you doing, man? Yeah, I I, I mean I I forgot the level of egos in the music world. You know, I know that they exist. And I, I just haven't been around it long enough. Like, like uh, as far as dealing with a band that's got a bunch of egos or a band member, I've, I've, you know, there's a couple of band members in Swan Enemy that, you know, had some, they were, they were troubled. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is what it is, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I remember some, you know, some band members we would be on tour with that of other bands, and I'd. I I'll be good if I never see them again, you know what I mean? Like it's I'm, I'm yeah. cool, you know what I mean? Like I'm, like no big deal. But just yeah. because of the sense of the entitlement and who they thought they were, I don't gotta mention names, you know what I mean? But like yeah. just people like like really. And then you look at where they are now, and you're just like, oh, that's that 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 makes sense. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of that in the entertainment world. I feel, and you know, I feel like there's a lot of. Um, you know, I think that if you're just a good person, you you ha you're happy for when people are doing awesome. You may not be doing awesome at that moment, but if you're happy for that person, it'll come back to you. It'll it'll happen. Yeah. I'm a prime example of of starting a new venture, a new career, pretty much in entertainment, pivoting from music to wrestling for that short window into tv film and acting and man it was a grueling process man it was not easy getting the rejection seeing people 10 years younger than me doing it for 10 years longer than me doing so much better than me and i'm like whoa it was very hard to understand that and be like well it's all about the amount of time you put in the 10 year Grind is what gets you to the goal. Is what you know they say you got to have ten thousand hours of, in whatever you do, to be successful. And then I started to notice, like, now, twenty twenty one, you know, three years ago, I you know I I just did ballers, and I was like, whoa, this is the the biggest thing I've done for TV. Even though it was two episodes, but it was still was big for me. You know, I was like. So excited about it. So and and my friend Rob who put me on, he's like, ah, bro, that was nothing, bro. What do you mean that was not that was not, I mean that was fucking huge for me. I worked with the Rock, you know what I mean? Like uh, to me, it was the fucking it was the it was the best thing in the world. Yeah, but that's was the parallel. Paulie died that same day, and I'm shooting him with the Rock that same day. That was the worst and best moment in my life and how do you how do you navigate that that was brutal Paulie died that night and I had to be on set 5 o'clock in the morning and Sal called me with the news so think about that I'm going to set for my first day I got I'm going to be in a scene with The Rock and Paulie's dead. That was my day. Fucking brutal. That's brutal, man. Yeah, it was fucking like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, bro. It was like the worst. And that was like a, 
I, I've never, you know, you know, it was a, it was an interesting, you know, and I don't even know how to. It can't you can't explain how it felt or what it was like. It was just the best and worst thing at the same time happening. You know, I couldn't even. It was the it was it was awful, but you know, here we are. You know, it's like, um, and that was where I'm going with how hard it is to get to where you were going when you wait wait where you're going is those are, you know, small. Not not small moments, but those are in like um, those are moments that you that gives you the hope. Like all right, even though that that was the 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 two episodes that was two days of work, that was the best like two days. Like holy shit, I'm on two episodes of Ballers. It's HBO. Wow. And then then you still got nothing from there. You know, like nothing's happening. You're still like trying to audition and you you wish you could audition for something and nothing's happening. Or you wish you could get for something and you're getting nothing and the phone ain't ringing. And you're just like, what the... F-? <laughs> it just gets... It feels like it gets harder and harder with just these... But those little injections of inspiration keep you going. Boom, boom, boom. And you're just like, I can do it. I got this one. I can do the next one, you know. And then you can, and then you just got to keep, uh, keep trying. And that's what, uh, you know, that's what I think is is has been the part of the success. Is like, you know, I never stopped. I never gave up. And even though it felt like I should, you know, I was like, damn, shit ain't. What what am I doing this for? But now it's like, boom, 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 boom. It's it's fucking, it's awesome. Yeah, I really like the way you put that. You, uh, you have injections of in, inspiration because yeah. that's exactly what what like what it is. You yeah. have like these these random like, but that keeps you going to like the like next next thing. Yeah, it's like a shot of uh, of adrenaline. You know, like you you, yeah. you you feel like you're falling asleep and it's not you're not you're not getting to where you want to go. And you're like, ah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And you're fucking depressed. Or you're like, ah, nobody gives a fuck. Ah, shit. And then boom, hey, I'm here. Hey, how are you? Hey. <laughs> and then boom, you're back to like, ah, no, I'm not, you know, yeah. I gotta keep working. You know, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And boom, it hits you again. But now it's just like, now it's like constantly starting to, now I'm busy. Busy, very busy. I mean, uh, I did a lot in 2021 so far. That's pretty, you know, I just did a, I did two Bruce Willis movies this year. And one of the Bruce Willis movies is with John Malkovich, Michael Rooker, and Olga Kirilenko. I mean, that was, and wow. Olga is on, she's a James Bond girl. Yeah. I, that's, that's it's pretty awesome. That's great. I got an amazing scenes with, with Michael Rooker, man. He's, he's an incredible human. Shout out to Michael Rooker. You inspired me hanging out with you and talking and then going. He taught me how to shoot guns. <laughs> it's That's just sick. like, wow. You know, and he's, he's, you know, God, he's in a galaxy, bro. And he's, you know, yeah. he's coming out. Huge new character on Suicide Squad because he wasn't in the first one, I don't believe. I don't think he was in the Suicide Squad the I'm first not sure. one. But yeah. Yeah. So. He's a he's a very 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 wonderful man, and everybody should, you know shout out to everybody involved in you know the movie White Elephant, and you know I can't thank them all enough. You know, they, they, and and React is the one, the other one that I did in February with Bruce Willis and um, Patrick Muldoon and Matthew Marsden. That one's dope too. That's a that's like a a modern day Die Hard. Yeah, we'll uh, 
These are, and I play a, I play a redneck uh, cop, down south boy. Nice. Yeah, Officer Bledsoe, <laughs> with, a, with a douchey mustache. Wow, <laughs> yeah. I, I see that. Yeah, I, I, I see you killing that part for sure. Yeah, it was fun. It's a fun, it's a fun role for me anyway. You know, to play a cop, I've never really, I played a cop in a horror before, but I've never played, a, you know, like a, like a, like a crooked, dirty cop. Yeah, that's what. Uh, this this character is he's you know, but um, yeah, and then two pilots that I'm doing right now. I worked with Tom Sizemore. He plays my dad. That's awesome. It's called Scarlet. This is a. I mean, I, I it's based off of the book called Scarlet. So I'm not sure how it's going to be positioned as a show. But the pilot is, is is the working title Scarlet. But it's a mob series, and it's a it's a it's a female take of the mob. From a news reporter, and she's and she's African American, and that's never been done before. And Tom Sizemore is my dad, and that's, mm. you know, the scenes I had with him was pretty awesome that we shot on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it was Great. awesome. Tom Sizemore is a legend, legend. So that was cool, and that's um, that's that's, you know, I mean, that was a. Uh, we just finished wrapped out, and then I just did another small, another independent one, that's um, kind of like. This is like if there was ever a prequel to Entourage, you know, and you know, showing how hard it is for a New York actor to move to LA and become a star, or to just become the, the um. You know, a working actor, the, the grind it takes for, you know, like the, the New York competition. And the, it's yeah. like a fun comedy, like a kind of like a, like Entourage with a, with a sprinkle of Larry David, you know, a little Kirby enthusiasm going on. Nice. So we shot that pilot, too. And uh, I play Nick Benelli, which is cool. I play like 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 this, uh, you know, kind of uh, Italian New Yorker that books everything. I'm the one that's the hot shot that I get all the roles. Yeah, and this guy uh, Pete Solando, he's uh, you know always up against me, and he's like, Yo, I see this guy every time, and he's always gonna win. Fuck this guy! It's a fun, it's a fun pilot. So that's uh, hopefully these two will get picked up and go from there. Then we release Paradise City, which was epic. Yeah, fucking. I mean, for especially for our community, you know, for the rockers and the metal guys, you know, what I mean, it's. It's huge, huge man. Us, it's huge. Know? Something that that you're doing and Ash is doing, and me and Cece always talk about this. Like what you guys are doing is so massive because people need to think about the industry, our scene, our genre in a different way. Like it, it just always seems like it's in like this fucking box, mm-hmm. you know. Like someone just needs to like like this nothing. Like you just it, it could go anywhere, yeah. You know, and and then and then Sid since it's. Uh, it's a show. It, it could bring people in that's not even involved with that. Those knows nothing about like like, like the music, you know. Yeah. So, it, uh, so it has transcending qualities to it, you know. And I, I just, I just, love, it's just to me. I love seeing stuff like that because someone needs to fucking do something. Just that, like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be this. It could be anything. You know, it, it could go anywhere. You know, and it's, it's great. It's great that. Uh, someone's actually doing something about it because there's people think about it you know maybe like the back of their heads but no one talks about it no one does anything but where right. people actually do something 
and then actually make it a reality. I mean, that's that's truly special, man. Yeah, I think that um, that hardcore and you know our genre of music and metal and you know our world is an interesting world and it, it is inside this box sometimes and 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 then every time you see like someone like little john on that evolution of hip-hop he's talking about the bad brains and minor threat where is it influence you get like stoked on it like yo that's yeah. just fucking awesome yeah you know because those are hardcore bands you know from the, yeah. the, the the late 70s early 80s yeah you know like that's cool to hear you know the influence from you know big producers or big rappers, you know, talking about it, that there's a lot of influence from our music in a lot of the mainstream world, you know? Yeah. Especially Beastie Boys were in a you know, hardcore bands and they would always jump on stage with the Cro-Mags, you know, MCA wow. would jump, you know, like just a lot of stuff like that, like, you know, to me is what I feel like, you know, Moby, Moby's a big hardcore kid, you know what I mean? Wow. You know what I mean? He was at the last H2O show that before COVID that I went to with my boy Chris and 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 Toby and and um Ignite Ignite played too that night. Uh it was out here somewhere. Is it the, the fuck was the place that they called? It was the not the Grove, something like the Grove, some spot, observatory, like some, yeah. somewhere somewhere near there. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's good to see, you know, like big i guess famous or whatever you want to call them that they're all hardcore kids yeah and then they were into our music that really that moves me that and that 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 and then there's in this business there's so many hardcore kids you know what i mean like there's huge yeah. showrunners huge directors you know huge um you know actors and you know they all came from this world in some ways of managers that are you know, own companies and stuff like that that are all in the TV film world and they all come from listening to some fucking Murphy's Law or Leeway or some wow. H2O or Madball or listening to Swan Enemy or wow. Biohazard or, you know, any of these genres, you know, any, wow. of these, any of these hardcore bands, which is cool to see. So there is a, there is a connection, you know? There, it seems that there is a connection and there there is a way to uh, to do other stuff, you know, since, uh, you know, hence, you know, Paradise City. It's great. Yeah. It's huge. It's definitely been a crazy journey. And hopefully it can continue to grow, you know. I don't know where the, I don't know where the music's going to go now because it's so hard to tell. You know what what what's happening with live events and yeah, you know are you guys scheduled to tour soon? I mean, we're scheduled to tour in October. We'll, we'll, we'll see right. what we'll, uh, we'll we'll see what it, what happens. But um, man, like maybe similar to you, like I've been working so hard with music the past six months, my whole career. You know, doing like stuff that's outside of like touring the music. Yeah, you know, evolving into I guess you could say like the digital world you know like this whole thing has been insane there's just so much little stuff right and it just takes hours and hours just to kind of figure out how to turn shit on yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like it's uh it's crazy and uh, it's good it's good to see you always lorenzo was always a name you kept hearing especially mm -hmm. in, in in the scene because you're always doing something and that's rare right it was very rare like you're always uh either like 
obviously like you know like like you left sworn enemy then you hear about oh well, oh, oh he moved oh not now he's, he's getting the rest on lorenzo is an actor yeah. but it's extremely extremely rare that you keep hearing someone's name pop up consistently right i can't I even that. i can't even honestly i i can't even think of anyone else that that it's, it's been that way it says you were you just kept you just kept doing something how did you do that? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I know that I was, uh, I know that I I wanted something more than just to be the average guy. You know, I, I, I wanted to do, and there's nothing wrong with being the average guy, but I wanted more. You know, I wasn't going to settle for, you know, eh, well, the band didn't work out. I'm going to not, you know, I'm going to go back to construction. We'll go fix cars because that's all I know. I don't got an education. That wasn't... Failure was not an option for me. So when I started recording bands in Austria, you know, I started, you know, getting into the engineering part and mixing part, and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is awesome. I learned all about it. I was like, I'm still in music, and I'm, I'm doing good. This is like a new career for me. And I was learning and I was getting really good at what I was doing. And I knew how to just work. I just knew how to do it. And because I had no other choices. But then when the opportunity came to, to, to become, to try to get into the wrestling game and, you know, try to get a tryout for the WWE and, you know, work for that. And, you know, that was another door that opened into a different realm of entertainment. And I was like, if I don't do it now, when I'm going to do it? If I don't do it now, how am I ever going to get to be that where I want to go? I don't know how to do it. I didn't have a, I didn't have someone telling me, you need to go here and you need to go there. And that's how you're going to get, you know, this is how you're going to connect the dots. I always had no clue of, of, of acting, writing, nothing. I never knew how it was done. I just was so in my own world, in my box, in that little box of, oh, I'm in a hardcore band. I play guitar and, you know, occasionally I come home and I and I and I go work construction when when money's tight. That was it. <laughs> That's all yeah. I knew. You know, but I I knew I wanted way more than that. I'm getting younger. I'm going to be in better shape than in my life at 50. Yeah. I'm going to be more successful by the time I'm 50. Mentally, I'm going to be successful because I get smarter every day. And that's, I guess, what kind of kept me going. Like, I can do anything I want. Nothing can stop me. Nobody can stop me. And, you know, I don't I don't listen to the people that are like, well, you should do this and you should do that. I mean, if you really love this, then you should just focus on this. And, like, I mean, no. Only you know. Only I'm going to do what I want to do yeah. and focus. I know what my main focus is, but I make sure that everything that my main focus is is the is is on screen, being the actor, but everything that I do moves in that direction too. Yeah. Everything I do is moving in that direction. If I'm writing something, producing something, making some kind of connecting the dots in that way, is positioning me to be on the screen. Yeah. And it's the Stallone model. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I'm not stopping. You know, and now that I, the momentum has been, you know, it's going and it feels good. It's like, 
now I know I'm legitimately becoming a real thing. Like before I was just like, oh, you know, and then I'm sure 50 million friends, you know, that, that sit there and roll their eyes behind your back. They're all there. Yeah. They're all there. Don't, don't act like I don't know you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. all roll their eyes. Oh, you know, they make fun of you. It's all good. Go ahead. You fuel me. Yeah. <laughs> you give me the fuel. Thank you. Yeah. Keep rolling your eyes and keep saying that you can't do it and look at him. He's a jerk off and blah, 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 blah. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I love it. It's fuel from, it just fuels me up. You're giving yeah. me the gas, baby. It's pure fucking gasoline, yeah, baby. Yeah, just give me the gas because I'm all <laughs> gas, no brakes, baby. <laughs> you ain't going to stop me. Man, it's crazy how long it takes for you just to get momentum, huh? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how much it takes for you just to start. Yeah. Which it seems, uh, for what you just said a while ago, it seems like it just kind of happened where it just started to get consistent. Yeah. How much, how many years that takes? 26. 26 years. I started, I met Sal from Swan Enemy in 1993 at a studio. Man, I can't believe I forgot the name of the studio. Where was that? It wasn't the Roxy. Maybe it was the Roxy. It was in Queens. And we used to go there to practice. And I met him through my friend Mike Palmer, who was the bass player in his band, Corruption. And so I was a singer, and I was going to try out for the band. In 1993, I, was try I tried out for the band. I was 15. I came in with two 40s, a Budweiser, <laughs> my pack of Newports, and... I had braids, you know, because I'm Puerto Rican and Italian, so I'm just a confused Puerto Rican Italian. So I had braids yeah. in my hair. Um, <laughs> I came in, and I tried out, and I got the gig. And then we, I played my first show in Bond Street, I think, and that was with Close Call, Adeline, a bunch of hardcore bands from back in the day. I think 25 to Life might have been in it. I, it's... A long time ago. So 1993, I stepped on the stage and played in a band or was joined the band. So from 1993 to 2003 is when our record first came out on Electra. So that was a 10-year gap for getting signed to a major label. Yeah. Ten years it took from 1993 that me and Sal, I mean, me and Sal had different bands, you know. And I think Mike Raff would jump in. There. I don't think he even met Raff, but he was our first guitar player on his Reels It Gets. But he was, I'm not sure if he came in in Downfall or he came in in Mindset, but we, we had a bunch of different bands before we were Mindset, which was then Jamie from Hapri was like, Jamie Johnson was like, we're not keeping Mindset. You, there's a band in Philly, a punk rock band, and they're going to sue us, blah, blah, blah. And you got to change your name, and here's your name. And then Jamie gave us one enemy. So if you think about that, that was a 10-year, bro, 10 fucking years of going to the studio every Tuesday night. Yeah, it's a fucking fun night. Yo, we're going to get signed. Yo, we got shows. Oh, we got a weekend show. Oh, that's great. We have a weekend wow. warriors, two weekends in one month. And we're like, yo, we're playing with Hate Breed in Connecticut and then Hate Breed in Massachusetts the next day. And oh, we're playing with Death Threat. You know, like, oh, we're playing with Agnostic Front for a weekend or we're playing with Mad Ball or whatever it was. You know what I mean? And that's when we were like, oh, we're getting on. You know, like, this is like 98. Wow. 
right? So look at how long it takes. It took us, took me. I don't know. I was, I was a moron. You know what I mean? I didn't know. I didn't, I, you know, it was what it was. I didn't get no education. I knew nothing about nothing. I knew I picked up the guitar. I was self-taught. I didn't, well, my friend Pete Ross taught me a few things. I used to pay him $5 an hour. And he taught me some Slayer riffs and some scales mm-hmm. back in the, when we were kids. And then, I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know. We didn't know how to get anything. But we slowly just never giving up, never giving up. Got to the point now, holy shit, Jamie just got assigned to Electric Records. Jamie and Steve Ross and Steve Richards. I mean, they, the, that, that team got assigned. Now, we're on Electra Records, man. There was no hardcore bands on a major label. Yeah. I mean, one or two. I think I think Sick of It All and H2O were on majors as well. So I guess the three Queens New York bands were all on major labels. And then Hapri was on Universal. Wow. But then we were the first hardcore band besides Hapri to be on Ozfest. And then it started to trickle down to 2004. And then, then we started to go. You know what I mean? But it was... You know, a short window of that being a successful run, too, because then it started to die out. Swan Enemy had a great moment, then boom, it started to pivot like what over it all is. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly yeah. what the fuck happened. And then just people are miserable. The tours are shittier and shittier. And then you start drinking more. You start drinking more and you're fucking drunk on stage. Even though I was drunk on stage a few times when it was great, but you know. But then Europe gave us that injection of inspiration. We would go to Europe and it would be massive. Oh, what? Yeah. You know, we're playing festivals. Everybody's singing along. We're selling mad merch. We're fucking headlining. It's great. Come back here. Go, oh, God. Yeah, fucking show's a shot. Oh, they will be good, and some of the shows will be shitty. And then you're like, yeah. oh, man, what the fuck? And then you get that injection. You know, then you go to Japan, and we was in Japan, and people asking you for your autograph in the street, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? I'm buying Apple Store. What the? People know who I am here? It was a sh- culture shock on that regard. You know what I mean? You're going wow. to Japan. Right, but I mean, obviously, because they were around, knowing you were playing, so they would stay around the square, and yeah. I didn't know. But I was like, "But like, so these injections, these little things, would keep us, would keep me motivated." On, yeah, I want more than just being the average guy. Yeah, when did you know? When did you know that it was time to walk away? Um, I think it was Arkansas. Maybe Arkansas. I don't remember where we were. We were in a KF, uh, a KAC. What is it? K, KOA, KOA. The the RV parks and the yeah. campgrounds, and we had to drive. I don't know, three hundred miles or something, and we were up raging all night the night before. All of us and we all made a pack. Like if this band breaks up, this new lineup, you know. With J Rad and Jamin and uh, Sid and me and Sal, if this new lineup, if somebody leaves, we should just call it quits because it was just like that was kind of like the pact that we yeah. made, and we were supposed to drive 300 miles, and we all woke up hungover, miserable, it was hot, miserable, and we were like ah, fucking drinking whiskey all night, and the the the, the our tour manager Kevin. He's our tour manager, sound guy. I love Kevin. Shout out to Kevin Kane. Um, he's fucking hammered too, and he's supposed to drive. Oh fuck! <laughs> and he doesn't want to drive. Fuck you! I'm not driving. And everybody, and then I just fucking got in the car and I started driving. They got in the RV and I was driving that shit out of the park like a raging lunatic, 
you don't want to drive. Nobody, fuck this. I quit. I quit. And the fucking drummer quits. Everybody quit. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I'm done. I was like, I'm yeah. finishing this fucking tour. And um, I'm finishing the Earth Crisis tour that we're doing in Europe. It was like, I think, hell on earth. And I'm done. Wow. And that was it. I never looked back. I never regretted it. I had enough. I knew I was, I, I knew I wanted more. But I didn't think that Sal was going to continue the band because we, we did make that back. But then he just, you know, he kind of kept it going and with the guys he's got, and that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm more power to him. They made a really great record with um, Rob Flynn from Machine Head, that recent one. There's some really yeah. good songs on that. So, I, you know, more power to them, and I, I support them. And, I, you know, I, I was always happy that they he continued because I know Sal loves to do it and, you know, and more power to the guys that are playing in the band now. And, you know, I knew I, I, I had to go for something new and bigger. Because, I mean, you know, I have dreams that make people's eyes roll or make people think that I'm, you know, make, make people look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't care. You got to dream bigger. Don't, don't, don't dream at all. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting here being delusional. I'm just yeah. being a guy that wants it. You know what I mean? I want I want what I want. I don't I don't have to Yeah. You know, I don't have to you know, tell you what it is. I just want well, I know what I want. I want I want to have what a lot of my friends have, you know what I mean? And yeah. they're killing it. I love it, but I'm loving I love them killing it because it makes me want it more. I mean, it's yeah. I'm like I know when they didn't have anything, they got it now. Yeah. I, and, and 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 I know when he didn't have anything and he's got it now. Like, yo, next. <laughs> I'm yeah. next. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm next, and that and that yeah. should be inspiration to anybody who's in their forties and they're like, I don't know what's going on in my life. Uh, keep fucking working and shut up and do the work, and don't act like it, yeah, 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 and don't act like it ain't gonna happen because yeah. only you can stop yourself. Only you can, you know, if you failed, it's because you gave up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Did you ever struggle with like? Uh Especially like for, for you, especially like the past few years, like where like you just want to be like fuck it and quit, or like where self doubt just creeps in there, and you're like, dude, like like what are you doing? Did you, did you ever struggle with with any of that? Um, no, because those thoughts would come into my mind of no, those thoughts didn't come to my mind because I couldn't wow. see myself doing anything else. I couldn't see myself. I knew I had, if you have a plan B, then you're not focusing on plan A. I didn't have a plan A. I, I didn't have a plan B. I knew I knew what I could do. I knew I could go fucking make, I could go build a house if I want with all my friends that do construction. I knew I could do anything in that capacity for work and earn money. But I didn't want to. So that wasn't a plan B because... But I had that, I guess, subconsciously knowing that I could do that. Plan A was the was the was the was the goal. This is it. I'm right yeah. at the cusp of knocking the cover off the ball. I'm hitting singles. Boop, boop. I'm getting on base, man. You yeah. know, soon enough, I'm gonna get a home run and maybe a grand slam. Yeah. I'm out of the dugout. It was hard to get into the fucking dugout. Yeah. It was hard <laughs> to get there. That yeah. took fucking forever. Just to sit in the dugout and watch everybody else play. Yeah. Now I'm in the fucking game. I'm playing with the major league guys. I'm in the game. 
that's it. Next is the next. Next is the next. The next shit. You know, like that's how I look at it. Like I, now, I could never give up. I would never. There's no reason. To, I mean, I'm doing it. You know, like it's yeah. fucking. It's. I think that this is the. And and to look back at the success. I mean, to 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 look back at the journey is what the success is, man. You know. Yeah. I think Viola Davis posted something. That's one of my favorite actresses in the world. I mean, she's top top notch for me. She um, and that was funny that she was at the Gifting Suite the same day we were there, and I was really starstruck about it. Like I just, I can't believe I just signed a guitar that she just signed like ten, fifteen minutes before we got there. And basically, she said, "Think about where you were and where you are now." And think about where you're going. That's it. Something like that she posted, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You're talking about her, like, 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 like. Imagine the struggle she had. She started late too, 31 years old. Hey, she went to Juilliard. She went to some real, real training for acting and all that stuff. And there's no, there's no, um, you know, I think it was Juilliard, but I, there's, there's no like, uh, you know, shortage of, of, of her working on her craft to get to the place where she was. But, I mean, just imagine all the obstacles she went through like anybody else. And now she's one of the best. In my opinion, I'm, uh, this is just one of my uh, my fan favorites. My, one of my favorites. Um, and, you know, when she kind of talks about, you know, what she talks about on her Instagram or when you see what things that she's posting and it's just... I gravitate towards it or I could relate to it and I'm just like I'm on the fucking right path yeah I'm on the right path you're on you're on there I like how how you put it to where like look where you're at now and look where how far you come and look where you're going those, mm -hmm. those that that trifecta is massive and I, I never really thought about it that way I'm always missing one of them yeah one we of, all do we all do, man. We all get bummed out, you know. It's like you know when you're not when you're not hitting at all cylinders and you're not fucking, you know, and we're not fucking crushing it, and you're just like, man, it's fucking brutal. Oh fuck, yeah, shit. What else it can sucks. go wrong? Sucks. It sucks. It sucks to not be on. It sucks to not be fucking doing awesome, man. It does. But guess yeah. what? If you did awesome all day, every day, then you wouldn't know what the fuck that meant to be doing awesome. You would only yeah. know what the fuck is. That's why there's those trust fund kids and those celebrity kids that aren't kind of groomed the right way that they're, they get lost because they don't know what it is to have 0, 0.0 and then having something and working for that they were just giving it the whole time yeah and it's like like, like a kind of like they they're they're um entitled to it and they don't know how hard their family member or their dad or their mom had to work for what they got so in my opinion you know pretty much that journey of building from zero Taking all the punches and the 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 the, the nose and the beatings and the, the the blood, sweat, and tears, and then getting that good score, and then back to the blood, sweat, and tears, and getting another couple of two, three good scores, back to the blood, sweat, and tears, and you're just like, when is it gonna fucking end? I don't think it ever ends because the more money you got, the more famous you are, or the more shit going on, you still hit the highs and lows because. 
more people are after you because more people need attention from you, more people need something from you, and you're just like, ah, you're getting pulled from all different angles, you know? And I could just imagine. I have a lot of successful friends, and I and I see how they, they, they handle it. Some of them, you know, have meltdowns. Some of them can deal with it. Some of them just know how to compartment, you know, compartmentalize the differences and 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 do it in that manner. But for me, I think that, you know, I've been through some of the worst shit in my life, man, you know? And, you know, I could, I'm, I'm, I'm harder than a rock. You know what I mean? Like, nothing's going to stop me. You know? Yeah. That's the, the only thing I can, you know, because being, having everything great and handed to you every day, that gets old too. It has to get old. Because you don't know what it's like to not have it anymore, you know what I mean? Because now, now you have it. Like I, I just can't see like, like yeah, like and, and people can say money isn't everything or this, that, and the third. But I believe that if you work for something and you've made it and you got enough money to take care of yourself and people around you and everybody that you love, and you're getting everything you want, you're gonna hit those highs and lows too to make you appreciate that money you still have to keep you hungry enough to keep earning so you can take care of everybody that you're taking care of in the way that you can and hopefully give them the inspiration to grow and lift and 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 pass that positive energy and what you instill in them what you what you're putting inside them to give them the 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 ability to grow or the ability to have the courage and to do so you know because what else do we do with that money if you have it all and you're not enjoying it with anybody, what are you doing with it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. got to enjoy it with somebody. Yeah. You got to give it to somebody so they can enjoy, enjoy this awesome life with you. If you have an awesome life of living this crazy, awesome life, you got to have people around you. But then it's got to be the right people because then there's the leeches. Yeah. There's the, the, the parasites that come in and... They want to eat for free, and then they're entitled to eat for free. Strange, huh? Yeah, it's kind of a wild, it's crazy. It's like wild goose chase. And you've probably seen many forms and versions of of those kind of people. Especially, I, I can't even imagine in, in, in the acting world how, how that is. Yeah, um, you know... Everybody is agenda driven. You know, you got to be careful with people's agenda. I think that there's a lot of them that have um, a lot of them are in snake skin, you know? Yeah. And they may not even know it. Yeah. You know, because everybody's just trying to come up. Everybody's just trying to come up. Everybody's just trying to come up from being the assistant. To being the boss. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the assistant forever. So it's just how you apply the positioning yourself by doing so with integrity and doing the right thing. You don't get rewarded for doing the right thing at the wrong time. You get rewarded for doing the right thing at the right time. Yeah. So these are... The facts I live by, you know. Yeah, I try to anyway. No, you're, you're doing it, man. Yeah, 
it's a tough uh it's a tough game man it is i've i've seen many uh seen you in a lot of scenarios and uh, one that i'm very proud of you of uh and it's kind of one of those worst case scenarios where i saw you in in las vegas we're at we're at the uh, t-mobile arena you're at vegas you're, at, you're in an arena you're at a, a, a a UFC fight, you know, obviously like your ner- your nerves are high and you're just not drinking. Oh yeah. I remember like I saw you and like I was like, wow, he did it. Yeah. He's doing it and did it. <laughs> Still yeah, doing what it. What was I drinking? Red Bull probably. Yeah. Non-alcoholic Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah. I mean non-alcoholic Red Bulls. Non, no sugar, sugar-free Red Bulls. That's how I was drinking. See? Yeah, that's right. We had a good time at the. I forgot what that was. Fight night, fight week. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was really, really good fight car. I'm like, man, if he's not drinking here, he did it. Wasn't easy. Wasn't easy. A lot of this is, um, again, the alcohol was my enemy. It doesn't mean it's everybody's enemy, and I don't have any shame of anything moving forward from it. You know, like I've done stupid shit drinking, and everybody does. I don't care who you are. Nobody's too cool to say it either. And if you're hiding it, oh, I'm perfect when I'm drunk. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I know a lot of those guys that they say that they're perfect when they're drunk. I know a lot of them. Those are the, you know, they're around. But, you know, alcohol makes you make the worst decisions. Makes you, in my opinion, this is me speaking. This isn't like I'm saying that if you're doing it, it's going to make you do the same. I'm talking about for alcoholics who can't just have a couple of drinks and keep it moving. They got to have all gas, no brakes. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of drinker I was. All gas, no brakes. Yeah. And, you know, think about the compound effect of being an alcoholic that way, drinking three or four days a week, feeling like shit three days of those recovering days, mm-hmm. but still trying to be productive in some way. Yeah. Right? So if you take those three days and you compound those three days out of the entire year, how much of the year have you lost? Hangovers, eh, sluggish, I'm on the couch, I feel like shit, I don't want to do nothing. You compound that over three years, you lost yeah. two years of the, of your life of doing nothing. Yeah. That was an easy indicator for me to say, I'm done drinking. I'm done being hung over. And, and as you get older, after 35, the hangovers were worse. I was like, what the fuck? They last three days. Yeah. They last, they're fucking miserable. So I was like, hmm. And then with you, you, you have to be laser sharp focused. I mean, on point all the time. And like there's, especially when you're taught, when you're cross line and drinking, like uh, things don't click like three days later. Like something's like kind of off. Mm-hmm. You're not like you're not just like, you're not just fucking on it. Yeah, yeah, and especially in, in, in your case, like you have to be on it. Yeah, and I think that that's been a, a part of my success as well is that I've been, you know, I guess focus, laser focus, even though it gets hard. And you know, if you don't have a vice, you don't have a place to go and decompress and and and, and drink when you when you when you're down. You know, that's what a lot of people do when they're down and that's how they get past it and they're not they're not sitting there racking their brain about why things ain't moving. You know, they're out drinking now and it's like whatever, I'm drinking. It's all good. But think about that. Like 
being able to be sober and dealing with the ups and downs and having that always in the back of your mind, like, damn, I don't have a place to escape. I'm still here, sober, dealing with my problems. That's tough. And that was the first year of of being sober I had to deal with that. I was, like, really challenged with. But I don't think that there's um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I think that that's a great learning experience for anybody to just if you if you got a problem, if you have plenty of uh, you know nights that you hear that you did this and nights that you hear that you did that, just it's time for you to put the booze down, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's time for you to put the booze down because eventually, the chickens they come home to roost, they do. And they don't fuck around. So I would definitely be, you know, this is just a, like the, I, I guess I'm trying to speak to people that were in my position because there are some some people that they have a couple of drinks and they, you know, they might have a hiccup here and there, but it ain't as brutal as some of the other hiccups that people have five to eight times a year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like bad shit that they do or stupid shit. They get into fights with their friends or stupid shit, you know. Yeah. You don't need that in your life, and it's just poison. Yeah. So at the end of the day, here we are. Like, I'm just trying to inject any kind of inspiration into somebody of just like, hey, you know, you could be, you know, it could be worse. You know, drinking doesn't solve any of the problems, and that's just in my opinion. And drinking's got a, it's a bunch of empty calories that and makes you look old. Yeah. Yeah. And you got sober, and then you finally lost. You're able to lose, lose the moose, you know. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I, Losing I, the moose. Dude, I used to love those videos that, that you would post, man. <laughs> you gotta lose the moose. Yeah. You want to eat like shit? You gonna look like shit? You want to eat clean? You gotta look lean. That's the. You eat clean, you look lean. That's true. That's the the model, yeah. you know. I guess, but yeah. These uh, again, it's a tough. It's a tough game, man. It's a tough world. It's 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 it's, it's you got to learn how to just navigate through the bullshit and just always try to be as good as you can, and it'll all be good because that's what's worked for me. Nothing's nothing's changing my you know nothing's changed my my path because I've been just constantly doing the same thing, and it's just keeping me elevating, elevating, elevating. So I feel like I, I, my formula of being me, just being me, and I'm not trying to be anything else. I'm being me, is working. So as long as you're true to yourself and who you are, I think that that's what's beneficial for any artist. You know, as long as you just stick to your guns, and you do what's right for yourself, and you can make educated decisions that you got to make to boost your career or to do. You know, to brand yourself as a as as a as a as a bigger, um, I guess, brand yourself for the for the in a commercial way. I guess I don't know how you would want to utilize that for depending on what lane you're in. You know what I mean? But you know, there's ways to do it with taste and not coming off looking thirsty and forced and fake. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Big Brother, uh, I don't want to take too much of of your time, so let's uh, let's end this one on, on a high note, and that, and that was pretty high. <laughs> you know, dude, thank you for thanks for having for, me, for 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 your time. Uh, it's, it was cool that like, I met you here it's fi- fifteen years ago, and now you're I, you're you're back here, and you're you're you. Yeah, you're you. Yeah, man. You know, it was awesome talking to your mom. <laughs> it was badass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well until uh until next time, uh, uh where uh, where can people find you? Um Lorenzo Antonucci Jr. is my um is J Lorenzo Antonucci Jr. Jr. Uh, is my Instagram handler. Um at Real Antonucci is my Twitter, Lorenzo Antonucci's on Facebook. I got uh Lorenzo Antonucci dot net is my website. You know, there's uh you know, a few other places you can, you know, check out my Antonucci Pictures. Uh, you know, follow me on Antonucci Pictures. That's my, my production company that I just started. Uh, soon to be having some stuff come out, you know, with uh, my, you know, branding it through my company, trying to, you know, trying to grow that, you know, because I do have my own stuff happening and, you know, in the back of my head somewhere, somewhere back here it's living. Um, shout out to, uh, you know, Everyone, a part of the team, you know, shout out to my manager, shout out to my PR, Jasmine, Melissa, Camille, um, you know, shout out to everyone that's been, that's been by my side since day one, you know, I love you, shout out to you, I love you, you know what I mean, like we've been doing this a long time, brother. Love you too, man. Yeah, Um, and everybody who believes in, in and anything that I'm doing, I appreciate it. And, you know, this has been an awesome journey to get to this point right here where I'm sitting here with Gaza in Corona, California. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, and, it is. Uh, and, and, and we're just beginning. It is just the beginning. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. I'm 23, not 43. <laughs> well, well, you are definitely a very handsome man. Oh, thank you. Love you. Stud it. you. <laughs> All right, everyone. See ya. Later. Peace.